Welcome to the Heart-Led Revolution Podcast. I'm your host, Rave Reed. I'm a women's empowerment coach, hypno-breathwork guide, and mentor to visionary coaches with heart-led missions. I created the Heart-Led Revolution to lead a movement. The mission is for us women to step more into our feminine power, to lead with our hearts, and to pioneer a new way of being. May every episode be a catalyst for your healing, your turn on, your wealth, and your freedom. It's time for us to lead, to be brave, to be vulnerable, to share our unique gifts with the world, to trust our intuition fully, and to live our lives unapologetically. Thank you so much for being here, for staying open, for staying curious. I appreciate your support, and I look forward to being with you in the show. Welcome to episode six. We're going to be talking about my story and how I went from speech and language pathologist to coach, hypno-breathwork coach, women's empowerment coach, business coach, life coach, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) Really, it's whatever I want to call it, which is really fun. And that my title is forever evolving, forever changing, and it's whatever I want it to be because I do things in my business my way. There's so much I could say here about my story, but of course, it's just going to be a sliver, a little sneak peek into my journey. You can never really know the full aspect of my journey and my life, right? But I'm so happy and grateful to let you in on a little bit of my experience and how I came to what I'm doing now. So I was raised Seventh-day Adventist. This is a religion and a community that I was a part of until I graduated with my master's degree and moved to San Diego, actually. So I went to middle school, elementary school, high school, college, and graduate school all under this religion, Seventh-day Adventists. And if you've never heard of Seventh-day Adventism, then I'll give you a little summary of at least what I think it is. It's very similar to Christianity, except for Seventh-day Adventists go to church on Saturday instead of Sunday. That's one of the main things. Um, They also believe that um, everyone sleeps when they die. They don't just go straight to heaven or hell or anything like that. So everyone that dies is sleeping. And then when Jesus comes again, everyone sees him all at the same time. So dead and alive We'll see the second coming all together. That's another main point of Seventh-day Adventism. Another aspect is they eat similar to Jews. So there's a lot of clean and unclean foods. Like, for example, I grew up not being allowed to eat pork because they have split hooves. Um, I wasn't allowed to eat a lot of seafood. I could only eat fish that had scales. Um, So we ate like chicken, turkey, beef, um, but mostly the cafeterias and the potlucks that we had at church were all vegetarian or vegan. So Seventh-day Adventists are known for being pretty plant-based. 
Other things were, you know, no doing it before marriage, um, no extracurricular substances, not even alcohol, or at least that's how I was raised. There was no alcohol. Even some Seventh-day Adventists don't believe in drinking coffee. I also wasn't allowed to wear any jewelry. I wasn't allowed to wear rings or necklaces or anything like that. And it was kind of taught in a way that there should be no distractions from God. And if it's taking you away from prayer or worship from God, then it was looked down upon to do. Anyways, that's just my experience and a little snippet of how I perceived the religion. Maybe other people practice it in a different way. Um, But anyways, I was raised in this education system my whole life, my whole academic experience was in the Seventh-day Adventist systems. All of my friends, family friends that we knew were all Seventh-day Adventists. I actually didn't really know anyone else that wasn't a part of that religion until I graduated and left and moved to San Diego on my own. So where I was getting at with explaining about in this religion, it's really taught that Jesus was a healer. And, you know, ever since I was younger, this was my experience, um, I was told to go down the healthcare system, you know, make sure that you have your life's purpose and your career is to help others. So it was really told to me to go and do something that was either a nurse, a doctor, allied health, physical therapy, speech therapy, dentistry, any of those options were highly encouraged. And a little side note, I am half Filipino. My mom is from the Philippines. So I heard from her and aunties and uncles when I was growing up to do nursing because it's a safe, stable, secure job. I heard those three words a lot, safe, stable, secure. It has to be safe, stable, secure. And my mom is a clinical lab scientist, or she was, she's retired now. So she did microbiology. So just giving you a little background on how much it was ingrained in me to pursue a career that was safe. The first year or maybe year and a half of college, I was undeclared. And then there was a class called Intro to Speech and Language Pathology. So I decided to take that class as a extra credit that I needed. And I ended up falling in love with it. Um, a big part of the course was to shadow and meet other speech therapists in the area and um, just observe them and see what their life was like, ask them questions, write papers and things like this. And every single speech and language pathologist that I met in different settings. So one was hospital, one was at an autism clinic and one was private practice, but she worked in people's homes. So she would go in their home and do speech therapy in their homes. So yeah, I got really interested in it. I studied human development, communication, psychology, and science, and communication sciences and disorders, and a lot of language and I studied anatomy and physiology, body language, verbal and nonverbal communication, a lot of different disorders that I studied, like cerebral palsy, intellectual disability, autism. There's a whole, there's a long, long list of disorders that affect communication and language, ranging from babies all the way up to the elderly. 
So that's all kind of the boring information, but it was a lot of fun for me. I really, really enjoyed it. And I've always been a very studious person. I love to study. I love to read. I loved academics. And yeah, my first two years after I got my master's degree at 23, I was a baby. I didn't stop. Um, this is why I've now started to travel so much and explore so much because I feel like I missed out on that in my younger years. So my first two years after I graduated, I worked at a middle school in San Diego. And then after that, I worked at an elementary school and preschool. Throughout the past six years, I've been working in the schools and also having clients on the side. So I worked with early intervention where I would go in the homes and I'd work with babies, kids that are like one and a half years old. And I would basically work with the parents on coaching them and giving them strategies on how to communicate and implement language into their day-to-day life. And as I said, after I got my master's in the Seventh-day Adventist world, I moved to San Diego after a tragic, terrible breakup. It was heartbreaking. took me a long, long time to get over that one. Um, I moved to San Diego, and it was such a blessing in disguise. I got to be out of the Seventh-day Adventist bubble. I got to live on my own. I started to make friends that weren't in the religion, so that was the first time I ever got to do that. I was 23, moved to Pacific Beach in San Diego, which if you've ever been to San Diego, you know that that is the ultimate young party town. So that was a lot of fun. And these were the years where I started partying a lot more. I was experimenting and dating and just being free and young. And there was this pivotal moment for me where I was out partying one night really hard, just like our normal weekend at our favorite place. And one of my friends, he was supposed to go to yoga with me the next morning. And then I got a call from a friend letting me know that he got in a scooter accident and he was about to go into his second brain surgery. This completely wrecked me. It was really, really hard for me to hear and to go through. Um, He's still not like he used to be. So it's really sad. I miss him a lot. So for me, this was a big wake-up call. And to backtrack a little bit, um, maybe a few months before this accident, I started becoming aware that I was partying too much and I wanted to put my focus and my energy into something else. I started to become interested in my faith and spirituality and I was starting to go to yoga a lot. So I signed up for a yoga teacher training I was like, okay, I need to stop partying so much. I'm going to sign up for this yoga teacher training. There's late night sessions. I won't be going out as much. I think that was like what I was thinking at the time in my mentality. And I didn't join because I wanted to, or I was certain that I wanted to become a yoga teacher, but I just wanted to explore. It seemed like something that was close by and convenient to do. And towards the end of the training, I got invited to a breathwork ceremony workshop. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. I can breathe like and meditate. It sounds good. I went with absolutely no expectations whatsoever. And I think I talked a little bit about this in my other episode, breath work and my journey with breath work. But anyways, that one session, I instantly got hooked and I loved it. It was like Technicolor. I felt like I was on mushrooms and I just had this really beautiful, profound spiritual experience and I decided to start studying breathwork. 
So I started going down the rabbit hole on YouTube, listening to every podcast I could find, purchasing every book about breath work, and I started searching around for certifications, and I really wanted to get certified and teach breath work, and then COVID hit, <laughs> and all of the in-person certifications were closed, shut down, not happening, um, but then I found this amazing man. His name is Jay Bradley, and he was willing to do a one-to-one certification for me and it was so good. It was like very personalized. I got to like really dive deep with him, do a lot of sessions one-to-one and ask him very personalized questions. It was amazing. But yeah, I got certified and then the world was still shut down. So I started doing donation classes online and doing virtual Zoom classes And then I went through a very, very hard and difficult breakup in July of 2020. I won't dive in too much into that just because I feel like it's very, very personal, but someone that we both loved passed away in a very tragic way. And then shortly after that, we, my partner at the time, we broke up. And I was at this all-time low. It was COVID. I was by myself. I spent all summer with him and his family. And then next thing I know, I went through this traumatic experience. And then I'm back home in my apartment all by myself. And everything is still closed. And just going through that kind of heartbreak by myself was really difficult at the time. So this is when I really started to dive in deeper into my breathwork practice. And I was at such a low point, I was basically like, no, this needs to stop. Attracting this type of man, being in a relationship that's not serving me, I was willing to do anything it took and I know something needed to change and I was willing to invest in myself. I was willing to do something totally different. I was going to see a therapist, but then I came across coaching And I hired my first coach. She was also a breathwork facilitator. I remember when I found out how much it costs, I almost wanted to throw up. (laughs) The price that she said, I thought it was for the entire, I think it was six months of the program, but it was really the price for one month of time six. And I was like, oh my gosh, I like almost passed out. So I told her I couldn't. And I've never invested in myself in that way before. And I didn't really understand the power of mentorship or having a coach by your side. I didn't know or understand the value of mentorship and investing in that way. And she ended up having a scholarship. So, of course, I applied for it and I got it. And I will never forget that moment that I received mentorship from her. It was a group program. It was like six months long, I think. Um, And now I always hold that so close to my heart. So if there's ever anyone out there that's, you know, woman of color or from a low socioeconomic background, um, I never want money to be the issue for not being able to be a part of a program. And You know, sometimes I will offer a longer payment plan and I just always look back at that opportunity that this coach gave me and I don't know if I'd be where I am today without her giving me that stepping stone. And now, you know, when I invest 
a lot of money in myself and in mentorship and in coaching, I feel so at ease. I feel so good in my body, but I don't know if I would have even been here if I didn't get that opportunity. So I have a lot of empathy for humans who have not been on this journey before. So if you are interested in mentorship, please reach out to me and let me know why you desire mentorship, why you desire to work with me. And I believe that money should never be an issue of why you can't be in these type of programs and receive support. And if it wasn't for this first coach that I had, you know, I don't know where I'd be. And looking back, I was the only woman of color in the group of like 20 or 30 other humans. So it was really interesting, you know, and I really desire to have more women of color in my programs. And if that means giving a longer payment plan or doing some type of scholarship, um, I am so happy to do that. And of course it has to come from a genuine, authentic place and, you know, I know that women of color and people from different cultural backgrounds, we have more limiting beliefs around money. We have generational trauma around money. You know, I look at my family from the Philippines and they didn't see money as abundant or you get things out of desire or you do things out of desire. Everything was you need to do this to survive. It was scarcity and survival. So I have a lot of understanding of what it's like. So never hesitate to reach out. I love to have open, honest, brave conversations. Anyways, let's back up. So actually I hired this coach while I was still in the relationship that I was talking about where I had a lot of trauma. And, you know, I entered this mentorship because she was a breathwork facilitator. She was doing so well financially And I just loved her vibe. I loved her energy. She embodied something that I desired and I wanted to be around her and learn from her and how she created this business model and what it was like to hold a group program. That was just a really great learning experience for me. But while I was in her program, you know, I went into it kind of thinking, okay, I'm going to like observe her and see, you know, how she runs things and learn how she does the breath work and ask her breath work questions Um, But then this breakup happened and the loved one passing away happened and actually, you know, being able to have this coach with me by my side during this traumatic experience, you know, I was able to reach out to her and it wasn't just all about work and breath work. You know, I was able to talk to her about my relationship and my grieving process and it was something I could have never planned for, you know, but mentorship is so much more than just one thing. It's so multidimensional. It's really getting underneath the hood and into the roots of issues and subconscious blocks and working through whatever is alive for that day, really. And then after this program, after the breakup, I decided, okay, that felt really good to invest in in this group program and mentorship and this coach. And I was like, I decided right? Like I was saying earlier, I really decided that I'm not going to attract or be in these toxic relationships anymore. And I had to look at myself and the responsibility was on myself rather than just pointing fingers, right? There's something within me that kept attracting these toxic situations. So I decided to hire a dating and relationship coach And this was another really big investment, but it was life-changing. 
transformative and it had nothing to do with business or breath work, but it absolutely changed my life. It changed the way that I saw myself and trusted in myself. And I was able to manifest and attract the partner that I have now. A big lesson that I learned within these coaching containers and receiving mentorship was learning to trust myself and really learning to build my intuition because I felt this initial pull towards these coaches. And it wasn't really that they are the ones that changed me, right? I was the one that transformed myself. I was the one that showed up and did the work and dove in and was two feet in. And I made a decision before I even sent the payment to them. But I have really learned to trust the investments that I make in myself. So the first two times I invested in a coach with this breathwork coach and then this dating coach, I was so nervous to invest in myself. My whole body was like, what are you doing? Are you kidding me? Like, this is way too much money. Like, it didn't make any logical sense, at least the way that I was raised. And I wasn't really taught money when I was younger or how to make investments or it was always making investments either for your education, you know, like getting a master's degree or doctorate degree or something like that. Or it was very common to see in media to go shopping and invest in beauty and products and getting your face to look prettier and clothing and things like that. And it really changed my mind about what I value and what I'm committed to. And when you start to realize if you're committed to growth and your evolution and your heart and your business, for example... Investing in these type of programs, investing in a coach, investing in mentorship starts to feel so good in your body. And I have this whole new relationship with investing. It doesn't just have to be this old paradigm of investing in, you know, education or property, Botox. Those are all things that are very accepted within our society, it seems like. And I will say that it gets easier and easier every time you invest because you learn to trust who you are and what you desire and the initial pull of interest and really being able to understand the value in intangibles, right? I was able to manifest a partner. I was able to love myself, get to the root of my toxic relationship patterns. I was able to move through a breakup with support by my side. I was able to receive and dive into breath work. I was able to be in a space with other women who were also willing to invest in themselves, in their growth, in their heart, in the inner world, not just the outer world. And being in spaces like that, the return on investment is absolutely limitless. You can't really put a price on that. I believe the next program that I joined was a money and wealth program. And I was able to join with a few of my friends and it was so powerful. We got to do embodiment work and journal prompts and There were workshops and trainings about your relationship with money and generational trauma and what are your beliefs and thoughts about money and seeing and viewing investments in a whole different lens. So till this day now, I didn't even realize it when I first signed up for these programs, but I am reaping the benefits of these spaces of coaching and of mentorship. I have completely transformed money and love and relationship and community. And these are all things that I can't say, oh, I made back 
X amount of money. You know, it's a more intangible reward that I am receiving till this day. And I will, I know that I will continue to do so because now I get to share what I've learned and my experiences to my clients. And I know that every time I invest in myself, every time I learn something, I experience something, I receive medicine and words and wisdom from another coach, I get to also share that and pass that along to people that I work with and the containers that I hold. So as I started falling more and more in love with breath work and joining these different types of coaching and mentorship programs, I was like, I can do this. What if I did this? They can do it. Why couldn't I do it? And a lot of the work I realized that I do as a speech and language pathologist was mentorship, was coaching, was holding space and being a counselor even. And I dealt with a lot of emotions and with the teachers and the parents and the students, you know, a lot of um, suggestions and learning how to read body language, like all of these skills that I've been learning for the past six, seven, eight years, you know, even in my master's program have helped me develop to be the coach that I am now. I know how to listen. I know how to hold space. I know how to give a reframe. And so I started holding breathwork classes virtually during COVID. And then I believe two years ago from now, I started my first group programs. I believe my first one was heart expansion. And then the next one was the heart of receiving. So it was so powerful just really working on self-love and opening up the heart and combining breath work and embodiment and journal practices. And when I started receiving some momentum and good feedback and just myself truly loving it and seeing the potential, you know, I kept coming across and meeting and hiring and being in spaces with other coaches who are scaling to six figures, multiple six figures. I have some mentors that I've hired that are now millionaires and just seeing that there's absolute limitless potential within this coaching space, you know, being a speech and language pathologist, I still have student loan debt and working in the schools, it was really great. I only worked half the year, but my salary was only about $80,000 a year. And within this coaching world, I can create and build and make money the way I want to make it. And I don't have to do it under somebody else's rules. So I know you don't just become a millionaire in one day, but I know and feel in my body that I'm a millionaire in the making. And it really comes down to the energetics and the embodiment and living a rich life first before you see X amount in your bank account, before you have X amount of clients. Can I live this rich and wealthy life by being in the present moment, by believing that I am on the right path? And now I am in my coaching business full time. And it was just in June, 2022, this year that I gave my resignation. I decided to take the big leap and go full time in my coaching business. And here I am living in Maui, Hawaii. There's just so many bits and pieces that I could have never planned or mapped out. And it really had to do with letting go of control, following that initial pull, that intuitive pull for me to do this full time. And when you can trust yourself, trust your desires, trust your intuitive pulls, the universe will guide you. The universe will support you and love you. And I really believe this path of entrepreneurship is holding the duality, holding gratitude and desire, 
holding the ups and the downs, holding the fear and the faith. And I know that this is just the beginning for me. It's only been about a month and a half that I've started my business full time. And I'm in this for the long run. I'm in this for the long-term vision. You know, my vision is heart-led leadership, the heart-led revolution for more of us leaders to step into our feminine power and to share our voice and use our multidimensional gifts and market in a way that is genuine and loving and empathetic and is just like an invitation. And I just believe there's so much here for us women to reveal. There's so much here for us to create You know, I believe that being an entrepreneur and being a woman in this coaching world is we really are being a visionary and a visionary is someone who creates new things, who introduces new ways of being and new ways to heal, new ways to evolve, new ways to lead on this planet. And I believe if you are a woman, you are a coach. I mean, I hope that you know that you are right where you need to be and keep remembering your movement. Keep remembering your why, your mission. What is the world that you want to be a part of? What is the world that you want to help create? Who are the people that you want to be in your world? What is the community that you want to build? And we get to be a part of building this new paradigm, building a new earth, building a new way of loving and being and leading and making money, clean money. Imagine what this planet could be like with more wealth and power in the hands of good-hearted women. So that is a little bit of my story, a very religious upbringing to becoming a speech and language pathologist, working with kids with autism and then starting my spiritual journey and forgot to mention my faith is stronger than it's ever been actually. So I truly believe that we can believe in a God and believe in the unknown and have faith and not necessarily have a religious structure. So side note, my faith is stronger than it's ever been due to my experiences, my growth, my practices, my evolution in myself, everything I went through has helped me become the person I am today. So my spiritual awakening, yoga teacher training, breath work facilitator, and then investing in myself and investing in coaches and mentors and being in group spaces and seeing the potential of what this industry could be and feeling the pull, feeling the nudge, following my intuition, following my desires and going full time in my coaching business, living in Hawaii and traveling as a nomad with the love of my life. So let this be a reminder to you to follow your dreams and don't just let them be dreams or ideas. Go after them. Take intuitive action, aligned action every single day and don't let your fears stop you. Faith over fear. Always feel the fear and do it anyways. I love you so much. Send me a message on Instagram. Let me know how my story resonated with you. If there's any bits and pieces that you feel connected to or maybe you relate to, let me know. Take a screenshot of this episode and tag me, rave underscore read. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to see what you're doing while you're listening to this podcast. And yeah, I'm all about heart-to-heart communication, conversations, connections, and this is the world that I want to be a part of. This is the world that I'm creating, and thank you so much for being here. 
If this episode served you, please share. Send it to someone. It could help them heal or create a new perspective in their life. I love when you share on social media, take a screenshot, tag me on Instagram, rave underscore read. And if you feel called to share something you learned or loved from this episode, it would mean so much to me. And please reach out to me personally, send me a message, and let me know how this is resonating with you. Thank you so much for your support. Consider subscribing to this podcast, leaving me a five-star review so we can continue to grow and up-level together. I appreciate you and see you in the next episode.